now time for the Rural News with Monique Steele. Kia ora. Rural New Zealanders are least likely to be admitted to hospital. Tēnāk Charlotte. Yes, a new study has shown further evidence of inequities in rural healthcare services. Researchers at the University of Otago looked at how patients in rural and urban centres use hospitals and other healthcare services. Overall, regional centres had the highest hospitalisation rates and rural areas the lowest, while those living in the most remote communities had the lowest rates of attending specialist care and emergency departments the effect was accentuated for Māori. Lead author Professor Gary Nixon says the results are surprising, given rural New Zealanders have poorer health outcomes, including higher preventable death rates. But he says it could mean they're not accessing the services as early as they need to. It doesn't tell us you know, exactly whether or not it's a cause or effect, and it's probably a combination of those things. In New Zealand, we closed many of our rural hospitals quite a few years ago, so it, it, this research does make you wonder whether or not it, it's because we haven't put a lot of emphasis on those rural hospital services over the years in New Zealand that, that we might be seeing this difference. He says it's critically important rural communities have robust and sustainable local health services. I think we can do better and for the first time now we have got a national rural health strategy and we have got a unified national health system. So part of me is optimistic. Hopefully we can really improve things over the future. Gary Nixon says the new data helps to recognise the disparities to then support plans to improve rural health. An ag research scientist says horticulture and agriculture will benefit from the Environmental Protection Authority's reclassification of organisms known as null segregants. Null segregants are descended from genetically modified plant or animal organisms but don't contain that genetic modification. Despite this, regulation has treated them as if they were genetically modified, limiting their use in research. Ag research and 14 other organisations called for that to change, and the EPA has ruled in their favour. Richard Scott, Head of Science for the Crown Research Institute, says it opens up new routes to using null segregants as tools to accelerate breeding. A classic example that we're using at the moment is using genetic modification to shorten the time it takes for a plant to mature. And then the breeders have, instead of taking... 20 years to produce a, a new variety with characteristics that are particularly desired. It can take four years and the, last, the very last step is to read out the genetic modification so the plants return to a normal breeding cycle and I think that's where it's going to open up those sort of possibilities and a lot of them probably haven't been thought about. So now that people see a pathway forward for some of their ideas, well, hopefully we'll see an explosion of of ideas of actually what can we use this technology for? What can we use this clarification to achieve? Richard Scott says the move is separate from signals from National that it would end the effective ban on gene editing and gene modification announced last year. Right, let's get the latest from the sale yards around the country. Sally Murphy caught up with AgriHQ's Suze Bremner. Hi Suze, what's been happening at the sales this week? 
Well, the North Island store land market has had a better run over the past fortnight, but unfortunately that was checked again um, at the end of last week at Fielding, and that followed through to Stortford this week as well. The main culprit to that adjustment has been more hot, dry weather, and some areas are really starting to feel that dry bite now. 7,400 lambs were yarded last week at Fielding, and the males made up the bulk of that sale. Now, they sold for $58 to $98, while at Stortford on Wednesday, there was a larger instance of white-faced lambs, which meant prices softened and good males sold for $79 to $88.50. And what's been happening at the cattle sales? Well, Fielding has also seen an influx of cattle from the top of the South Island over the last wee while, as again, those very dry conditions have farmers sending the cattle to where the buyers are, even if it means onto another island. Tallies have crept up because of this, and last Friday nearly 1,500 cattle were offered, and there's a further 1,400 there today. A lot of the cattle making the boat ride over the strait were wieners, and last Friday Angus and Angus Hereford steers sold for $800 to $1,090. And South Island sales have been busy too. Well, yes, so outside of some increased tallies at regular sales due to these dry conditions, there's a couple of key fairs on the calendar this week that were Omarama and Tikapo U fairs. The sheep were mainly merino and numbers were down at Tikapo this year. But despite very limited rain since Christmas, the stock were in good order and they really were a credit to the vendors. So the top price was $130 for a line of annual draft merino ewes, while most of the ewes sold for $70 to $120. And five-year merino weathers sold for 90 to $95. That's Suze Bremner. And lastly, wondering what happened to the warnings of extreme weather as a result of El Nino this summer? Well, forecasters say New Zealand is still in an El Nino weather pattern. It's just behaving differently than it has in the past. The weather pattern tends to bring hot, drying winds to New Zealand, though despite some regions being dry this summer, conditions are nowhere near as bad as first thought. Niwa's Chris Brandolino says that's because this year's El Nino bucked its usual trend. Where we are in the El Nino life cycle, the ocean temperatures have peaked. It peaked during December about two degrees above average, a very strong El Nino. What happened that made this El Nino different was the atmosphere's response. The atmosphere has had, a, I guess, an irregular and sort of muddy response to, um, to the ocean temperatures. And this, while the ocean is starting to transition or starting to cool off in the equatorial, equatorial Pacific, the atmosphere, it's going to take some time for the atmosphere to really fully acknowledge that. And as a consequence, we're probably going to see El Nino-like conditions as a whole play out, certainly for the rest of summer, and probably well into autumn. And Chris Brandolino says there is still some unsettled weather to come through February and March. And that's the rural news for this week. Koyara te porongo o te taifenua. Thank you very much, Monique.